1: The so blue, the birds are singing, I got nothing to do, hey, hey, hey,
2: hey. Mm, it's a sunny day, sunny day. And, uh, my pocket's
1: empty, my cupboard's bare,
0: call me illogical, I just don't care, hey, 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 it's a sunny day, hey, 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 it's, a it's just day. a sunny day, it's just a sunny day. It's the KSL Greenhouse. Expert tips for flowers, trees, gardens, and soil. Our hosts are Maria Chaleos and Ton Medes on KSL News Radio.
3: Good morning and thank you for spending your Saturday morning with the KSL Greenhouse. Number to call with your questions 801 575 8255. You can text us at 57500 and our top of the hour feature is. Really talking about the heat and problems that are being caused uh, with all of our vegetables uh, this year. And, Tanya, you're saying you're already seeing quite a few problems. I mean, triple digit temperatures, of course you're seeing problems.
0: Yes. Most of our garden plants thrive at temperatures in the 80s to about 90. And when you get above that, plants can start to really run into problems, especially... 95, 98 degrees, mm-hmm. it really can not wreak havoc, but make the fruit so that it doesn't ripen. It causes problem, all sorts of problems with tomatoes, depending on the varieties you're growing. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about the impacts of heat on our gardens.
3: Okay, so what are the biggest problems you're seeing?
0: So right now, it's, there are a lot of people calling... And saying, my neighbor has tomatoes, why don't I? (laughs) And Uh. a lot of that is going to depend on when you planted them in your Mm -hmm. garden. So if you planted them in early May and we had all through June with temperatures generally below 90. And so the tomatoes for a couple of weeks through June were able to set fruit Because the temperatures are cool enough, but you know, like me, I planted my tomatoes in mid June and all they've experienced pretty much is plus 90 degree weather. And so I've had very few blossoms, no tomatoes yet, because I'm also a month behind. And so in my situation where I planted a little bit later, my fruit probably won't come off of those tomatoes until late August into September. And so a lot of it is timing and when the blossoms are produced and the temperatures at that time but even if you set fruit we will see Green shoulders or yellow shoulders on tomatoes and the lycopene, which is the red pigment in tomatoes, won't develop at temperatures over 90. And so if you have the sun hitting the shoulder of the tomato where it's too hot, the tomato stays green or maybe yellow because beta carotene which is the yellowish pigment, Mm -hmm. is a little more resistant to breakdown and heat. And so some other things with tomatoes we're seeing is another condition called coring, C-O-R-I-N-G. just And that's when you slice into the tomato and it's really an area spongy and pithy. Where the, you know, you kind of, if you cut the tomato in half lengthwise, it has a rough star inside that radiates out from the middle. And everywhere you have that star, that flesh, it will turn into a white spongy material. Mm. And so that's another thing caused by the heat. And so, you know, other things we're seeing is aborted flowers. We're also seeing malformed fruit. A lot of, I talked to a commercial grower just a few days ago that sent his crew through and I, they took off 15 or 20% of the peppers that were ripening because of sun scald. And so it's just all sorts of things can go on. There's a picture in the fact sheet of a cucumber to where our third of it's really skinny and a third of it is normal. <laughs> It's because it was so Uh, hot that the particular area of that cucumber that produces seeds didn't get pollinated because of the heat. And so it has stayed skinny.
3: But does it still taste okay?
0: Yeah, it's fine.
3: Okay, so eat the part that's
2: good.
0: Yeah, even on the sun-scalded peppers and the tomatoes that are miscolored, just cut those parts off and eat the tomato or the fruit. They're still totally usable. Okay.
3: How does heat, though, impact flavor of different vegetables? Heat
0: can reduce sugar production. And so especially if a plant is already a little bit drought stressed, and this goes for fruit trees, The fruits, when they're exposed to plus 100 degree temperatures, even, you know, in the mid 90s, it starts to reduce sugar production. And in certain years, especially with a lack of water, you can develop very off flavors. And a lack of sugar. And this article mentions that I thought it was interesting that the best carrots come out of cool climates because they're generally below 90 and you get Mm. a lot more sugar production than what you would get someplace like the Wasatch Front. And there is actually historically mountain valleys in Wyoming where Dole and maybe Del Monte would grow produce and especially lettuce but other things during the summer because it was the perfect temperature to grow those crops and then they would move their production back toward California and northern Mexico in the winter.
3: I think part of the reason my tomato plants are doing well is they are in an area that doesn't get as much sun as they used to in my regular garden which is under construction. Um, So does that help? Maybe they're just not as hot as... I Usually think so. That?
0: As long as the tomatoes are getting about six hours of direct sunlight a day, some afternoon shade doesn't hurt them ah. because we are, we have been so hot. Now, 20 years ago, if you would have asked me this, I would have said, get them in the sun. Right, right. But the people right now that are really getting a lot of tomatoes, especially commercially, have shade clothed their tomatoes and you can buy shade cloth with various degrees of shading. And so they're using between 20 and 30% shade and that will reduce the temperatures underneath enough that they're getting tomatoes and peppers without a lot of sun scald on them about three weeks to maybe four weeks earlier than everybody else because of the cooler temperatures under the shade cloth. And so we have, An excess of sunlight, and so that light shade you're putting down actually doesn't harm the plants.
3: And that's about the only thing you can do.
0: It is. You know, trellising the tomatoes, if you looked up a process called the Florida weave or modified Florida weave, that's a trellising system to where the vines hang down from the twine that you're using to trellis. And the plants naturally shade themselves. And so you can get a little bit earlier tomatoes, at least on the insides of the plant, using something like the Florida Weave. But a lot of our growers are using the Florida Weave in combination with shade cloth to get the earliest tomatoes. Interesting.
3: All right, there is an article up on the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page. We'll be taking your calls next. Number to call 801 575 8255. You can text us at 57500.
2: A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden,
0: they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today.
2: Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela.
0: They said, You need to give us your phone.
2: For the
3: KSL Greenhouse. Maria and Ton with you, taking your calls 801 575 8255 and your text questions at 57500. Next listener, Ton says that they bought some Roundup crabgrass spray. They used it. Now, the spray droplets, though, didn't appear to be small enough to stick to the leaves of the grass. Uh, they said they had it set at the finest possible setting and the spray didn't kill anything. And they're wondering if you have any suggestions.
0: I'm wondering if it's Crab actually grass. crabgrass because there are a lot of weedy oh. grasses we call crabgrass that are not. Okay. And so crabgrass emerges sometime in late April to mid-May, but it doesn't really rear its ugly head until about now. Mm-hmm. And you start seeing it spread in the seed heads, and it produces hundreds of seeds per plant. And so if what you sprayed was already established you know, through June, it wasn't crabgrass, unless it was just brand new, just barely popping up. And so, I suspect that they had something that's a weedy grass that just isn't crabgrass.
3: So, what other type of spray would they try?
0: Unfortunately, just something like glyphosate, Roundup, Kills All, is going to kill everything because most of the grasses are so closely related it's very difficult to find a product that'll pick oh. one grass out of another. You know, they can, could consider a wicking wand if it's in the lawn, and that's where you just mix up some Roundup, and it'll give you instructions, and you rub it over the tops of the grass blades. So you let the weedy grass grow taller, and you just hit the tips of it with that wicking wand, which is saturated, and hopefully it leaves your lawn grass behind.
3: Okay, Mark is on the line in Vineyard. Good morning, Mark. What was your question? Mark, are you there? Okay, we will put him on hold and uh, check back with him in a second. Nexusner said that they planted three hibiscus. Any recommendations on keeping them alive?
0: Make sure they're watered. The hibiscus are native to wet soil areas and so... You don't want to drown them to death, but watering them at least a couple times a week if you're in a clay or loamy soil, maybe four times a week if you're in a sand, would be what I would recommend. Just don't let them dry out. And otherwise, they're perfectly happy.
3: Okay. Are we going to try Mark again? Is Mark on the line there with us, Eric? Good morning, Mark. Hi, this is Mark. Go ahead. What was your question?
2: Yeah, um, I'm a horticulture major and i'm trying to decide if um the best route to take the master gardener program and i guess my main question i have to um is there a scholarship for the master gardener program and um if when i finish school what type of education would i need to teach the Master Gardener program?
0: Well, the Master Gardener program is something that if you're a Hort major, you honestly probably don't need because you'll get all the information a lot more in-depth than what we would offer. And so... Okay, that's
2: what I was... Yeah, sorry. That's what I was kind of thinking, but I wasn't sure. Okay. Um,
0: Then as far as teaching... Uh, USU extension administers the master gardener program and, uh, what we usually require is, you know, being hired by extension or, you know, if you're coordinating Uh a program, but everybody teaching it has a master's degree in plant science and that's just USU's broad term. So horticulture is the study and culture of plants to where plant science would be cover a whole lot of different topics. But okay, the USU you know, Extension okay. horticulture faculty um, across the board has master's degrees.
2: Okay, that's great. I, I was kind of debating. I mean, I'm an older student, so I I want to get my master's, but I got to get my bachelor's first. Yeah, no, so. that's all good. Um, you know, in so, the meantime, okay, if they,
0: you want a practical, lot of practical experience, get a job at a garden center working with plants uh-huh. to where you're... It's just doing diagnosis not and identifying the plants, learning where they grow, learning how they act in the landscape. That's where I got about 80% of my knowledge was actually working in a garden center for 15 years. Okay.
2: All right. I really appreciate your help. All right,
3: Mark. Thanks for your call this morning. Our next listener, ton says they have an area that has about six inches of sand on top and then solid clay underneath. And they're wondering if it's a good or a bad idea to till them together.
0: It makes adobe clay oh geez and so if you've ever watched these sort like wilderness primitive construction videos when the people doing these videos are making clay to fire for bricks Mm -hmm. or whatever they're doing they're mixing sand or some sort of aggregate like crushed stone to give it a better texture to hold together and so it's not really recommended i mean the only thing i could recommend doing say if they're doing a garden is raking or scooping the sand away you know wide enough so it'd take a lot of work or an excavator or something and then putting down organic matter and tilling it in six inches as deep as they can go For a garden and then putting the sand back and putting some organic matter into it. And that would help create some drainage underneath the sand.
3: So don't mix them, put in organic matter. (laughs) Yes. And
0: yeah, don't mix them together. But if you can scrape the sand off, put in the organic matter into the clay where you plan to grow a a garden.
3: Great. Next listener says they have rotting on the bottom of some of their tomatoes, but not on others.
0: Sounds like blossom end rot. And that's a condition where when the flower was pollinated, the plant had the lack of ability to take up enough calcium out of the soil, even though our soils are loaded with it. And so that would be due to extreme weather So where you went from 90 to 60 to 90, like happens in late spring Mm -hmm. and early summer, or it can be brought on by the plants being extremely dry and then being irrigated to the point of saturation and then dried out and irrigated. And that will cause uh, problems with calcium uptake.
3: All right. Number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. When we come back, Kathy, you'll be next. And the number to text us your questions, five seven five zero zero.
1: Let's dig around town
3: with KSL Greenhouse. If you want to learn how to best preserve your fruits and vegetables, you can take part in a canning and preserving class at the fairgrounds in Ogden on Thursday, August 3rd from 6 to 8. Learn more at extension.usu.edu. Learn about common Utah weeds and how to control them with the Conservation Garden Park on Thursday, August 10th at 6 p.m. The webinar will cover organic, mechanical, and chemical methods of weed control. Register at conservationgardenpark.org. Travel back in time to the land of the dinosaurs at Thanksgiving Point's Ashton Gardens. A dinosaur Island underway until August 26th. Find out more at thanksgivingpoint.org. Now a look at this week's quick tip.
0: Many local tomato growers have started to get ripe tomatoes, but there are many that are also calling me saying, how come I don't have any ripe tomatoes where my neighbors do? If the tomatoes were planted in early May, there was enough cool weather through June that many of the blossoms set and the fruit is now ripening. If the tomatoes were planted in late May to mid-June, though, There's been so much hot weather that causes the flowers to not set and the plants may not be mature enough that it'll probably be another two to three weeks at least before you start to see ripe fruit.
3: You can also find the Dig Around Town calendar and more fun gardening info at kslnewsradio.com slash greenhouse.